And a happy Monday to you folks. Welcome to a brand new week. And here is a awesome reason to be grateful this week. When you think about comparing yourself to someone else, just ditch it. Just get rid of it. Do not allow that sort of comparative energy into your life because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with jealousy at someone else's success. Entitlement is very attractive, but also can be very destructive too. So if you ever feel like you're bitten by the comparison bug, instead of getting into some sort of linguistical or mental wrestling match about who's better than who and expending energy on that, rather take a step back, appreciate what your comparison has brought to you, which is an opportunity to be grateful for what you have. Start with the simple things like your health, your relationships, friends, family, and of course, the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Now, folks, let's go ahead and get this Monday morning going. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. It's a Monday, folks, and it's already busy here in the studios. Frackleberry Hound finally picked out her Chewy Paws antler toy as she spent the last five minutes. We can't wait any longer. We had to... She was dead silent like two minutes before we went live, and now she's trying to find the loudest thing in the house. We got a clock we got to hit, you know. Mm -hmm. The world world doesn't stop and start with us. Certainly not on a Monday, man. As much as we wanted to, it just doesn't. So, uh, (laughs) folks, thank you very much for joining us. Whoa, we had a busy, busy weekend. The Super Bowl squares are filled up. In fact, we could probably do a second. I was going to say, how quick was that? I mean, five days. Five days, and we are full. Five days, we got 100 squares filled. So, we, you know, it's going to be exciting. And I kind of slowly teased it over the weekend because it took me a while to get 100 squares in. Yeah. And they got filled up fast. And we only, by the way, we only did it on social media. Yeah, it was just. I mean, you did not expect that kind of feedback, oh, no, I right? Didn't. Did you really? Oh yeah, really. Well, because it's, I've, not only have I been an award-winning journalist during flood fights, uh, I've I've been an executive producer during floods. Okay. So wait, you you produced a flood? Uh, on the on the radio, oh, okay, um, okay, in okay. the media, I did. And okay. The, you know when when a flood happens. Your your radio stations, that's your maximum audience. Mm-hmm. You, you you are not gonna get an a higher audience than during a natural disaster. And out of all the natural disaster, the flood is the ones where you need your hands the most. Right. For people sandbagging and this and that. So the, the audio portion just it's it's your it's your peak of your audience. Yeah. And for those people that don't know up here in the Red River Valley Valley, we deal with that. We get them all the time. We in get North the Dakota. sandbagging. We get we get a lot of That's uh, how I won my two journalism awards is fighting floods. So it's like it's in the, it's in a, the radio. It's like a community outreach almost, huh? When you're doing the show, it's like, are you giving updates or are you just doing a show and you're giving updates? Oh, it's 24-7. Just, okay, it's county officials, it's sheriffs, nice. it's... It's like your it's Super Bowl. information officers, it's this, it's this place needs sandbagging, it's this place. This. But what we did is we integrated the social media and actually the Washington uh, posted a story on us and 
Oh yeah, yeah. We were uh, first link here in Fargo. We actually helped them get their social media up. Kevin Tabosa okay. was the one who spearheaded it. Yeah, I was the behind the scenes because I was his neighbor. Okay, and so. Well, <laughs> We were we worked together on a lot of different things, but uh, you seem anyway. to you seem to prefer to kind of work behind the scenes. I do, as best as I possible. do prefer to work yeah. behind the scenes. It's uh, well, you know, when 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 you got a kid, that just uh, it's no. it's easier to do that. You don't need that extra spotlight. When your focus is your family, man, oh, you know yeah. that's the way it is. Seriously, you know that. I, I mean, you know, I got to ask you though, real quick. Am, am yeah. I smelling you or Frackleberry? Um. Somebody's you know, got little, some, somebody's got something that's uh, it's a little, little Indian, little from column A, a little from column B. Oh, the Indian? <laughs> no, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I've been. Oh man, I woke myself up last night. Really? Yeah, one of those nights where the gas just couldn't. <sighs> well, you know, the worst part about it is I smelled it a couple minutes ago, and it actually made me hungry. The dog left the room this morning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not proud. Man, well, you know, I'm she's got proud. a hell of a nose on her. I had some Indian food this weekend, and it was left over, and I should have known better. Did you make it? And um, I actually... Uh, or did you order it? No, I ordered it. Okay. And um, it was coconut milk, and I love Indian food. It's like my favorite. It's my comfort yeah, food. Yeah, I always see you making or eating Indian food over here. I eat a lot of ethnic Thai food. Yeah. and um, Well, it sort of goes into your lifestyle, too. It fits your healthy, diet. Yeah, the, yeah, the the... Hippie capitalist or capitalist? What's the Bismarck mayor say? I got the heart of a hippie and the mind of a mind capitalist. Mind of a capitalist, yeah. yeah. Now, see, I like chili dogs myself. But. So, anyway, the Super Bowl squares filled up, and oh, you know, by the chili dogs. <laughs> I got a story about that, by Uh-oh. the way. So, in the world of radio, when we do these live remotes, you know, where people can show up, mm-hmm. you know, what they don't tell you is you, you have your regulars, and these regulars. The reason they're regulars is because they have no lives. They have no lives. But they and, have something to say. And many people with no lives have no hygiene. They look like me right now with my hair just going every which way. Cause yeah, your we're Prince, not, Prince cause hoodie on. There's a reason we don't do video. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to look pretty all the time. I have blemishes. Yeah, I, I'm human. I'm human, for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm no Howard Stern. So we had this guy around Fargo called Mike the Viking Fan. Okay. He got banned from the Minneapolis call-in shows because he'd call in so much. No kidding. Seriously, he got banned. And he'd, he'd use pay phones back in the oh, day because wow. his number goes blocked. Right. And he was... And he's Passionate. A little off. Yeah, a little... A little off. God bless him. Not going to all floors there. But he, you know, he drives and has a job. And so he's a very productive member of society. Okay. But he's kind of a quasi-shut-in you know, type. Mm-hmm. He would show up to a remote... And he would, oh, I don't think, he might be bathed once a month. Ouch. Cut his haircut once a year, shaved yeah. once, six months, something like that. It does not take long for people to get stinky. And a guy like that, of course, at the Fargo Doghouse, <laughs> what, what sort of... Uh, you, you're setting a picture for me here, man. You're setting a scene. What sort of uh, uh, potato-shaped man who is very hairy... Showing up, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon for lunch at a hot dog hot dog joint. What type of hot dog do you suppose this gentleman would order? Chili dogs with fries, onions, cheese. extra onions, of course. Oh yeah, chili, extra onions, cheese. Did you did you say a beard? Was there a beard? Oh, there was there? a beard. Now, see, that's great Absolutely. because then you're you're getting two meals out Not of that. Not trimmed. 
Yeah, just maybe gnarly. three meals then. The word gnarly actually is used, you right. know, gnarly, just every which way but loose, you know. Oh, just man. Okay. Hairs intertwining amongst each other, yep. split hairs, looks, split ends, I mean. Just, like somebody like glued Velcro on his face. I type mean, the, of type, the type of beard that captures dust bunnies in the air, mm-hmm. all right? I mean, what, seriously, my co-host, he had to get up and leave because the guy bellied up right next to him. So that's why we don't do a lot of this stuff live a lot of times. Well, that's the trouble when you get actually close to your adoring public. That's why J.P. Warren, around the Rotary podcast, we had him on here last mm-hmm. week. He figured it out. Yeah, bourbon. <laughs> well, <laughs> somebody brought vodka last week. Either way, it's, well, it's, it's high-end high stuff, but... Okay, so where are we? Wait, okay, see, I'm sorry. Monday I took you, morning. Yeah, I took you off on you know, the chili dog road. We're five minutes into this. We're already talking about disgusting, gassy, you know, um, um, foods and, and behaviors. Yeah, well, we're talking I'm about booze and drinking, and we're talking about sports. It must be Super Bowl season. Oh, man, I can't wait. It must be Super Bowl season. I'm so We had happy. a big trade over the weekend, by yeah, the way. Yeah, huge. So I, normally, folks, we don't talk about sports, 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 sports until Friday. But because the Super Bowl numbers board is filled up, and if you go to thecrudelife.com, you can check that out. Because this is Super Bowl week, we will be checking in occasionally. We should do some sort of commercials, best commercials or favorite commercials. Actually, we should do our own because so many have backed out of doing commercials, Budweiser and a couple other companies. Wouldn't that be great? Do our own Super Bowl ad? I think we should. I mean, we probably won't be able to put it up there, but we should do our own ad. I think that's awesome. Put a budget on there of like 40 bucks. Yeah. So what? We get like a half a frame. (laughs) Like that. Do claymation. (laughs) You have three frames. It takes six months. So yeah, huge trade. Did we want to talk about that? Uh, We want to talk. But first, I do want to mention our sponsor. By the way, remember how we did daily sponsors? I do. Okay. We're no longer doing daily sponsors. That's good because we were horrible at it. Well, we did okay. Eh. But now we're doing weekly sponsors. And here's why. Here's why. So, you know, we've been very lax on getting sponsors here we we honestly we really haven't reached out no we've been very fortunate people have been reaching out to us asking to sponsor because we had some carryover sponsors from the crude life from before that liked the show and decided to sponsor yeah you've got kind of an audience that's followed you over here well we added six last week six nice okay and so we we had to take a step back and say can we just do weekly on the sponsors? Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that going forward. So we might have two, actually. Great. Per week. Let's do it. But we, the point is, is that we just want to give people a week long of kind of social media shout outs mm-hmm. and, and vocal shout outs and, you know, kind of really, you know, we're, we're hey, f- folks, basically what I'm telling you is that we are in a time where you can just fine tune some things. You know, early on, you know, d- don't get... 100% set on things like I'm happy if I get 80 to 90% of my idea that works. Oh yeah, that's a pretty high percentage I think, So right? we're we're kind of coming in the home stretch of the sponsorship, so we're going to get into a sponsorship blitz here in the next week and a half to 2 weeks. Sterling will be reaching out to some businesses. I'm going to reach out to some businesses. We're going to basically it's an annual sponsorship, okay? It's a one time and then it's it for the year. Yeah. And then the platform stays. We, we get the morning show. We if, if we hit our numbers, we have our numbers. We got to hit because it's you know we got no, tell a business man. It is a business. We'd make monies other ways too, 
But we want to make sure the morning show will be a platform that industry for a year can have a voice. Like later on, okay, first of all, for example, a studio sponsor. We don't have a studio sponsor yet. You know, because pretty soon we're going to come in and say, hey, welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard in our Hatch Coaching Studios. Hatch Coaching used to be a sponsor of the uh, uh, program, The Crude Life on the radio. He might be it again. I haven't asked him. Well, hey, you know, we've got a certain amount of independence now, which is nice. And since he was the former sponsor, maybe he's, he's the sponsor in the example. The <laughs> Hatch Coaching Studios. But our phone line sponsor... Swan Energy, Swan Energy, great investment opportunities at Swan Energy. So whenever we bring guests on, on our Swan Energy phone lines, our guest later on in the program, by the way, you ready for this? Who is it? Canal Patel with the Dallas Federal Reserve. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We get big guns here. Yeah. Well, and Texas has been pretty active lately, so it's been nice to uh, get a couple of different speakers out of there. But I mean, the Federal Reserve, man, mm. I mean, that's a pretty big time guest. You get to hit them up for a loan? So, oh no, they don't give me a loan. <laughs> no, I get I get pre-declined letters in the mail. Sorry, but you've been declined for all of our <laughs> credit cards that we normally give poor people. It's because you're in that donut spot, man. You make too much to be helped and not enough to get help, right? I but have you know, done a number of things to become debt-free and as far off the grid uh, digitally as I possibly can. Like seriously, I've I've done as much as I can to funnel my digital world down into very few places in yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah, I have actually. I've done it on purpose. No, you've because, got kind of a low profile for somebody who's got such a wide network. Well, and that's funny because you know our other two our other our other two businesses actually they're going to be going very quickly in the next few months. You know, we have the industrial, industrial forest. forest which we can give you an update later on. I know you asked me about it before we got on the air. But then, you know, I've, I'm actually a writer, too. You know, I'm actually a writer. So I've, I've put off the, the Book of G, which is a whole different business plan that's been ready to go for two years now. And I mean... I, yeah, you got two books you've been telling me about that you're working on. Yeah, well, um, the, the, the one is done. It's done. Get it out there, man. Amazon. I, but that's what I mean. So I got some other projects that I got in the works, and that's why you're here, and that's why Jenica's here, and hopefully we can get some more people on board so we don't, you know, the crude life can become more than just me. Well, yeah, and I think what we're looking for, too, in terms of, like, sponsors is, is not just a commercial, not just a plug, but we're looking at something where, you know, we're looking for a conversation. No, it's a hybrid. So mm -hmm. what, what the sponsorship is in a nut, nutshell, it's... It's like a, it's an all the above. It's uh, my good friend Tiffany Steiner called it the easy button. You just hit an easy button because it's an annual. Yeah. And, and you get interviews, mm -hmm. plural, meaning that, you know, you get one, but if you get more, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll work on that. Plus, we're the types that are going to maybe rope people in on different topics, you know, that as a sponsor might call them up and be like, hey, we're not talking to you about this necessarily, but we wanted to get your thought on what's going on here in this play. You get, you know? you get front, of, front first aligned to be in the Super Bowl board. Exactly. We have the March Madness coming up, 68 teams. Yeah, Swan so Energy did really good last year. They won on that. it last they year. They won, didn't they? Yeah, I think yeah. they Target. Was it Target Hospitality? That's how we met. I'll have to check it out again. Yeah, that's right. You were the uh, Uber <laughs> food dudes delivery driver. Food dude delivery slash new co-host. That's right. When I, I was one of the early adapters supporting... 
uh, dine out, take out delivery. That's yep. right. I was right away when the whole. That's a whole other story. That was right <laughs> back in March. Yeah, that was right when everything was starting to Before fall apart. Before everybody was getting government buyouts. That's right. I was doing takeout because my poor friends at the Indian food place, they weren't getting any. They had to shut their buffet down. Yeah. And, you know, any. And, uh, you know, in Indian food and Chinese foods, if you don't have a buffet, man, good luck in America. Well, you have done, from what I can tell and smell, you have done your part in supporting the local Indian food economy. Dude, I haven't passed gas for <laughs> half an hour. I can't believe it hasn't left the room yet. Man, how, you're going to you're gonna have to repaint. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, we better not have a beer. I might blow the windows yeah, off this place. Yeah. Let's get you some more coffee. Creepers, creepers. <laughs> So, okay, this isn't supposed to be a pitch for sponsorships, but uh, essentially, yeah, we are going to be reaching out to people. And, and this, is, this is one of those things that you look at and, you know, it's, it's either it's a no-brainer or it's no. Nah, yes or no. And here's the beauty of it is that you do not have to be a sponsor to be on our network. Yeah. So well, if, if, if you have something going on in an mm-hmm. event... We want to hear. News. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about it because that's why people sponsor. In fact, we have sponsors that have never even done an interview. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do interviews. No, they just re up every year and they're happy to be. They, on there. they just want to make sure that the conversation keeps yeah. going. Yeah, you know, and like, okay, here's a few conversations we're going to have over the next month. Is this going to be the year that's going to be defined by defection? Okay, I, I started talking about this last year using the term defined by defection over the weekend. You mean from the oil and gas oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to what? Like here's, renewable? Here's or? the idea that if you are not making six figures a year and you're getting publicly shamed and you're on the dating apps and they're saying swipe right or left if you're working oil and gas, mm-hmm. that, that, that erodes away at your loyalty, at your, your passion, and then when the president and uh, Mitt Romney and John Kerry and all these other people are saying, hey, oil workers, go to solar, go to wind, yeah. tough shit. Yeah. It, well, it's like back in the day when they were like, hey, you saw coal, hey stars, coal miners, right? learn how to code. Yeah, right. Make websites. Hey, remember that? Coal miners. No, you remember that? In I Cli- do. I that was in that. That was like the mid late nineties with Clinton. They were talking about the road to the future. You know, coal miners, they'll go back to school and they'll be webmasters. I got to write that down. What was that again? Hey, coal miners, learn how to code. Yeah. You know, so it's a noble idea. And if they're going to pay for it, sure. But, you know, (laughs) you know, if I'm if I'm 30 years into an industry, now you're going to turn me around and tell me I need to learn this completely new industry. It's it's a hard sell, man. It's a hard friggin' sell. It totally is. And so what I'm getting at is that I believe this is going to be the year defined by defection. Because if you're if if it is state sponsored shaming, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's that you know that word the, the, social the, governance the Greta, keeps coming back. The, the Greta Thunberg movement mm. that I've been trying to warn everybody about for five years, okay? To where it's the modern day leper, it's the smoking, the smoking, it's the it's it is, it, man. It, it this is, is the thing that will work. If if you and I walk into a room with a hundred people. Okay, and I start. Oh, climate See? activist, and 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 I start going at. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna get shamed one way by those people. Yeah. In the same way, if I smoking cigarettes, I'm sorry. Um, um, Everything's a battle line. Everything is a 
it's a they against us type of thing, man. But I think this year is going to be defined by the attempt at regulation, the attempt at um, transition, the social pressure on the international and national scale. And I think what we bring to the table is trying to help create a narrative that is not out there right now. Was it Wednesday or Thursday or Friday? Okay, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I saw it on Friday, okay? So it might have been before it. Was the first time that I saw in a mainstream publication the headline war on oil. Hmm. And that was out of the president, okay? I don't know how to be any more clear what is going on here. Okay. That's horrible messaging. This is this is not a government regulation. This is a social governance mm-hmm. regulation. This is where a 16-year-old girl and her acolytes, and she's 18 she's now. She's 18 now. And her acolytes have created a narrative where facts don't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, just real quick, I think what what the biggest problem is is that both sides are looking at different facts. And I don't mean counterfacts. I don't mean that one side is saying, oh, I've got the facts that prove I'm right and you're wrong. It's more like they're not looking at the facts that matter to everybody. Climate activists are looking at oil bad, climate bad, heat bad, planet dying, right? These are things that need to change. Oil and gas is looking at you like electricity, we like being able to, to power hospitals. We like to be able to live this way, and we can find a way to do it better. So there's no actual room there for any conversation. They're in their totally own little worlds, man. It's so unreal. We need to find a way to have that conversation. So that's what we're doing here is we like to have this conversation. In fact, uh, we had a guy last week on that disagreed with myself and Senator Kramer's uh, assessment that the way industry is going is that we're going to have a handful of companies controlling the global oil supply. So we I hope we, that's not we have case. disagreements on our platform all the time. Well, yeah, because it's not it's really not so much about right or wrong with us. It's more about trying to find out what people are thinking and where it's going. You know, we're not here to make judgment. We're here to find out. I'm here just to have I mean, you like to make judgments. I like to have conversations, you know, type of a thing. Like I, I just said, like I'm your a, coffee. I'm a Libra. Hey, ladies, I'm a Libra. Oh, man. Are you in retrograde Mercury? It's a weird deal. So, um, boy, we went way over on this. Yeah, are we, we still on the first segment? So, let's. we did need to talk about the Stafford Goff trade. <laughs> Should we wait? Yeah, Stafford Goff, man. So I suppose we, you know, if you wanted to wait on that, but we could talk a little bit about it. Because I think it's, you know, I always... I always like it when you get a quarterback that's been in the league and actually gets a chance to change venues. It doesn't happen too often. I look at it like this, is that what the Rams tried to do is create a new template of signing a quarterback, and the Eagles did the same thing with Carson Wentz. And it didn't work. Too much money. It started to work, but yeah, way too much friggin' money. In fact, I saw a thing over the weekend where Kirk Cousins, who started the guaranteed Mm -hmm. money, from uh, when to sign with the with the Washington, I'm sorry, with um, went from Washington to Minnesota. It was like what, like fifty or sixty? There's a prediction he's going to be in dollars. San Francisco next year. Who Cousins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said last time we talked about this, I can't think of any time. You know, you you get your Mannings, right? You get your Bradys that yep. occasionally leave, but almost ninety nine percent of the time, a quarterback gets huge money to go to a new team. It's a total bomb. Totally. It's a total bomb. Absolutely. 
But I did I did think of the NBA when they did their three headed monsters. And that works in the NBA because yeah. you know you can have two fat guys from Horace and Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> right. LeBron James, <laughs> and, and win the NBA title. Yep, and you can't do that in any other sport. No, but it's almost like the NFL tried to do that with. Goff's well, you're talking contract. about five to eight players, right? As opposed to fifty-two to fifty-four players. When I know? played basketball. I didn't sit for more than two minutes a game. Mm-hmm. I started and I was I played all the time. It's because you're a tall, lanky boy. Well, it's because I was I, I play. I, well, I was athletic, so yeah. I mean, I, you know, we only had four men, and I think the tallest girl played on our team too. And well, I remember, I went to a Catholic school. Hey, man, back in the day, we played soccer with girls. It wasn't all split one guy up. had a pocket protector <laughs> out, of, out in the court, so you know, it wasn't. It didn't take much. Uh, those so, were the days. Anyway. Yeah. So, but you know what? Check it out. Is the Rams? They get. They're trading Goff, right? So they they get they send him to the Lions, and as a result of that, they're also getting a couple of draft picks in the first round. They get two first round picks and a third round selection to the Lions to yep. get Stafford. So he's been in twelve years, right? And a big, big, I mean, when you think about that, so Stafford's in the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. Okay, Goff's technically should be right around the prime. Technically, and. They had to throw in two draft picks. Yeah. That's all because of the contract. And there's probably some financial things in there, too. That's what too I mean. For, it's all because yeah. of the contract, because of the amount benchmarks. of guaranteed money is. They uh, Sean McVay flat out said he was wrong, that he structured the whole thing wrong and this and that. And so um, I, I, I think you're going to start seeing some conversations about how they're going to look at contracts differently now because of this trade. I guarantee you. That's why I I wanted to talk about this. Why did you what, what did you take away from it? Well, you know, for me, I don't look at a lot of the analytics. It's it's more like the gut feel, right? You know. Yeah. So I I like to see a quarterback that's good but has been perennially on a team that's, you know, sucked. <laughs> you know, with the Lions. So it's cool to see him step into a role and Goff, you know, I mean, he was lighting things up a couple of seasons ago. You know, so it's you never know. It's like Tannehill with the Dolphins moving over to the Titans. It, it can happen. You know, you saw Favre go to the Jets, bomb out, but have a really good season with the Vikings before he threw it away at the end. So yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's exciting just because it's new. You know, I I guess that's what's cool. I'm not a Brady fan, but it was cool to see him up stakes and move to a different team. It's just kind of fun to see if that magic can carry over. I still believe, even if he does not win the Super Bowl. Just the fact he got there on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh as was he a six seed and they, they won more road games than anybody in history of the NFL this year. Did I know they really oh yeah, yeah. No. And I believe that was a stat. I really really do, especially because of the playoffs now. And then they get their home stadium to win it. Yeah. And I read too where Brady, if he wins it, he's th- still thinking about coming back again. Well, you know, at, at this point, Rocky Marciano, baby, retire on top. You figure at this point he's doing it for his own reasons. Barry you know? Sanders, peak of my career, dude. Robert Smith, talk done. about you want to talk about the Lions killing something. Barry Sanders, without a doubt, Ly- I, the Lions are just they're it's a they're black hole, killers. man. It's a black hole. Calvin Johnson, yeah. You have you have literally the best running back. In, in the NFL for at least three years. Yeah. Okay. And probably 
one of the best for 10. And at the time that he bowed out, he probably still had a good three, four more seasons Without at a least. Doubt. And he only had to go a little bit more. He had less than a half a season and catch Walter Payton's all-time record, and he didn't care. That tells you something. Right. Same thing it with really Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Calvin Johnson did the same thing where he just retired. Megatron, mm-hmm. that's how good he was. They considered him a transformer because yeah. if he had played for any other team, he would have just done unbelievable things. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing you hope with Stafford is you see a guy that's – he really reminds me of the quarterbacks you and I grew up with. You know, it's Dan Fouts, it's uh, Jim Kelly, it's it's the gunslinger in the – you know, he's not a runaround type of guy, although he can move, but he's just got that cannon arm, you know, just step back on his foot and launch it 80 yards. I think what they're starting to find now in the, in the uh, NFL – is that they need the game manager back. They, mm. need the, they need the quarterback that knows how to manage a game yeah. because the ability to call uh, plays and the ability to run audibles and read defenses is paramount right Dude, now. Dude, this is why Brady is doing that's, that's what, what Brady does because he can break it down. That's why even Manning in his last season when he was barely mobile right. was still effective because he could just read the defense. And and when they even talk about Mahomes because his dad was his dad in the he was athlete. His dad yeah. was an athlete. They had access, you know, early on so he had he had a different a pedigree. Just a different pedigree so he was able to pick up the NFL much quicker. He's a once in a generation type well, of player. That's exactly you know, right. you, you're either going to get, you either get really lucky and you get him a Mahomes, or you end up getting somebody that's maybe like Favre or somebody who's just good enough to really get your hopes up and then we'll just throw that interception. Well, we got to take a bro- pause here. We come back. We have some things that you'll never guess that are made out of petroleum products. So if you want to Go out and quiz people on how your industry is a part of their daily lives. We'll stick around because we have that coming up. Plus, our news, our news segment is coming up as well. I saw Subway's selling fake tuna. Woohoo! All that plus much more on Play Hard, Work Hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. We'll see you in a few. It's a big bad world. Hollering at your door. And it's Play hard, work hard is sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The industrial forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Hey. 
back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. By the way, Sterling, in our last segment where we were all over the board, that's a problem with the first segment in a Monday morning. We got so much to do. We got so much to talk about. We want to get everything in. We didn't even mention the sponsor, Orange Property Management. We <laughs> started. We, we spent talking. We time. started shilling for this program, <laughs> begging for dollars on the air. We forgot to mention the fact that we picked up six last week that we didn't even read. I mean, so you know, we got work we got to do. Okay. This week we're busy. Well, this was the play hard segment. I didn't know we were so, doing work hard already. So Orange Property Management. The thing is, they you know for twelve years they've been doing uh, property management out in the Bakken. They also do Minnesota, North Dakota as well, but out in the Bakken in uh, Wapaton, Beulah, Watford City, Fargo, they they do they have properties, but they also manage. So Orange Property Management. If you've got a rental property and you need some rental property in North Dakota or Minnesota, they'll help you out. Orange Property Management. Go to our website, thecrudelife.com. Click on the show page. All of our sponsors we have on our sponsors page and when they're the week sponsor, we have them on our show page as well. So you can check out more information. But, oh, thank goodness. They, they apparently, um, they, they, they like the freeform hour. That's why they sponsored it. So I don't feel bad with the fumbling of the Orange Property Management well, sponsorship. You know, it's we did bring it up, but you know what? We don't just sort of sit around here thinking sponsors all the time. So we just got off on our. No, tangent. unfortunately, they're usually <laughs> at the bottom of the totem pole of well, priorities. Well, it's not because we don't appreciate them. It's just because we end up getting sidetracked a little bit. But that's part of the morning show. Well, our sponsor sponsors because of our solution-based journalism, and actually, this play hard is part of the solution-based journalism because we want to connect with a new audience by having fun. Mm -hmm. And we want to bring in all kinds of new information. Okay. So like, let's say, you know, you, 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 you don't even have a LinkedIn account. I think that's so funny. What is LinkedIn again? Is that the one with the, the, the the elephant or elephant, the TikTok thing? What what are you talking about? I'm just, I see my kids on the tablet and I have no idea. Oh, I see. I don't know anything about TikTok. Okay. So okay. I don't either. This is the thing. What do you do with LinkedIn? I'm still playing Chinese checkers and you're playing TikTok. <laughs> That's, I can't, I'm sorry, man. I, you know, uh, I'm playing anyway. one dimensional chess, baby. So, all right. You ready for this uh, to go through a few things made out of petroleum products? Oh, I love these types of lists. These are great because most people don't have any idea. I know. So did you know, I'm going to do an easy one. Vaseline. I did know that. Okay. Because it says petroleum jelly on the outside. Right, right. So yeah. spending, if you spend out time, you know, outside, chilly weather, you know, chap lips, lip balm can take care of the problem right away. However, unlike lip balm brands, Vaseline is 100% petroleum jelly. If you didn't want to use petroleum jelly for your lips, you could always use an unrefined coconut oil or shea butter. Uh, we use coconut butter in our house. I use coconut butter as well. My son uses petroleum. See? so Well, and petroleum jelly has a lot of different uses for medical, you know, so it's good I, stuff. I, we always have a lot of, we, we always have a jar or two of petroleum jelly around the house because mm-hmm. of that reason. Pack you a just, wound you, if you need to. You know. Or just lubricate, whatever. You never know. That's a something. Again. I think we'll just move on from there. Did you know soap? Most soaps have petroleum products in them. Which makes sense when you think about it, because it's hard to use soap to get oil off. Oh, sure. Right? That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Also, did you know curtains, dashboards, putty, 
life jackets, skis. I did. Okay. You're just now, now you're just throwing darts, man. Well, no, I was just amazed. You look at this stuff, man. And you start to think no, about darts are too. Yeah. <laughs> Sweaters, the clothes that well, you're wearing right now. The next one I was going to bring up is yarn. 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 A lot of people don't know that. They think yarn is made out of sheep. Yeah, that's what or, I picture is just a cute sheep. Right, or some sort of flax. Yeah. Or some sort of uh, old-fashioned loomy yeah, thing. Yeah, I think Remember the loom? Wheel. Dude, I, yeah. The loom? And for those, those of you millennials out there that do not know what a loom is, in the last season of Lost, Jacob is weaving something in his giant foothouse. That's a loom. <laughs> yeah that's that's relevant God, that's like 15 half the years audience ago. actually laughed at that <laughs> the other half's like what? finally some answers and lost right that that was the, the loom but a lot of people obviously they just assume it comes from some sort of fiber mm-hmm. or it comes from sheep well and a lot of these things originally did but they've been supplemented with petroleum-based products because of what availability low cost so if somebody wants to become a hippie you know, and, and, and my friends, you know, what do they call me? The hippie capitalist that I heart of a hippie. I, I don't get in all the way to those, the, the, you know, the, the natural things. And for these reasons, ready for this? Okay. Here's why synthetic yarn has advantages over, you know, say the, the wool or the other types moth resistant, moth resistant. Okay? greater elasticity, water resistance, the ability not to shrink when washed. Those things are actually important in my day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I accept. Here's a simple one, elastic. Yeah. Now, now you don't think, you talk about something you take for granted, elastic in the pants, in your shorts, in your socks, all of those things. I do not want women to stop wearing yoga pants. Okay? I'm serious. I'm, I'm a big fan of yoga pants. I'm, I'm glad that, women like to be active and wear them so i i'm all about women getting out there and, yeah, and you're, and you're being empowering active. that yeah, right it has nothing absolutely. to do that with the fact that they look fantastic no uh-uh. no that no. would be too sexist no no yeah. it's all about it empowers them to get out and you know mm-hmm. and if they want to wear it around the house that's that's great too so they're made out of petroleum products yeah so why would anybody want to get rid of petroleum products because you're getting rid of yoga pants you know, and I think a lot of people would shoot back, well, let's get rid of those plastics anyway, right? But when you look at it, I mean, just about everything around you right now, from your phone to your computer to your coffee mug. Are women ready to have started having hairy legs at the office? Because nylons. Yeah, nylons. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. Do women get five o'clock shadow? I know I do. What's, I can shave what's a, wrong with a woman not shaving her legs? I'm That's not, what I want to know. I don't know. There's nothing. Do you shave wrong. your legs? There's nothing wrong with it, but but nylons and women shaving their leg has been a big industry for a long time. So obviously there is something wrong with it. I don't it. know, man. I've lived up here for over a decade, and most of the women I know don't shave their legs about eight months out of the year. Are you for real? Yeah. What women are you around? Lots of them. Not the same ones you're around. No, clearly. not clearly. No, not I don't at all. swipe to meet any of my women. Women I go out on dates with specifically tell me they shave their legs. Right. Well, it's like a thing, right? <laughs> no, next one. Boy, this was a smooth transition. Yeah, here. we're lotion. really putting it together there. Did you know lotion was made was, out of petroleum You products. just keep coming back to lubricants. No, this is, I think this we was need next to get on out the list. 
<laughs> Hand and body lotions contain a lot of different materials, but many share petroleum as a core ingredient. Petroleum helps skin retain moisture, similar to lip balm, contributes to a familiar oily layer above your skin. However, it can actually clean as well. Okay. Interesting. Synthetic rubber. Well, we knew that. Yeah. But I mean, that's another one people don't think about very much. Footballs, basketballs, they have petroleum products in them. Aspirin. Aspirin. Yeah. As a fever reducer, pain relievers, and anti-inflammatory drugs, aspirin is a common drug that millions of Americans take each day. What many people may not realize is that aspirin contains a hydrocarbon called benzene that originates from coal tar. Mm-hmm. Boy, how would that go over on the package? Right. Aspirin, now with extra coal tar. <laughs> I'd like it better. 10% actually. less coal tar. Yeah, if you open up the bottle, it just had kind of a smoky flavor, you know? Band name, I call it coal, coal tar. tar. Coal tar. Dude, that's awesome. My son's got a friend named Coltrane. Coltrane. Yeah. Really? Coltrane, yeah. Cool name. Yeah, it Great is. Great train. Well, my son's name is Otis. Yeah. And then Coltrane. That's like the coolest duo around. You find a Redding it? and you guys are set. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Redding... You ready for the next thing made out of yeah. petroleum products? Books. Crayons. Not a bad transition. Red. Redding. Crayons. Crayons. That makes sense. A wax pastel used by children and adults to create art originated from paraffin wax and color pigment. So not only do you get the paraffin wax, but also the color pigment as well. You know, a lot of dyes are made out of petroleum yeah, products absolutely. as well. So um, Here's one my dad would appreciate. Yeah. Heart valves. He probably would. He does. He? He's got a couple of them. Dick Cheney, too. Yeah. I think it's just mostly Lego in there right now, man. Toothpaste. Toothpaste. Did you know that? I did know that because that's that's one of my examples I always give is the toothpaste to the toothbrush to the way it trucked your house, yep. man. You need 93 to 96% of your daily life is petroleum-based. So Pretty much. We're not getting off it anytime soon, people. See, like, seriously, if, if we were going to, in all reality here, if... Let's just say 90%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just say 90%. Forget the 93, forget the 96. 90% of our daily lives relies on petroleum products. From the siding on the house to the insulation in the attic to the plastic that goes over your snack wells mm-hmm. to the vaccines to, to the, the automobiles to the propane heating your house to or, the Keurig coffee you're drinking okay all kind you, you, know, to you the shouldn't tooth, drink those Keurig to coffees. the toothpaste okay all kinds of to the yoga pants I love mm-hmm. you got all kinds of different things right if we are seriously seriously going to reduce our reliance I'm sorry but 90% of our livelihood is reliant on mm-hmm. fossil fuels okay it's well beyond enhanced. We're reliant on it. So if we're going to just reduce that down to, say, 70, that's a 20% reduction on a reliance. I don't even know if that's doable in my lifetime, okay? I don't even know if it's doable, okay? Seriously, because the amount of fossil fuels we would need mm-hmm. to even create solar panels or wind turbines is not going to reduce our reliance. It's actually going to increase our reliance. Yeah, in the short term, at least, you'd be looking at a huge expenditure of short fossil fuels. Well, short term being about? like decades. You know, We're only getting 20 years mm-hmm. out of the turbines and solar panels. That's... By the, that, 
Yeah. That, that's short term all the time. I think, unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, because of the whipsaw nature of regulation, you get one administration in, you get new rules dropped or new rules put in place. I think, you know, it's never going to have a chance for it to really make any kind of impact anyway. But the crash course thing. Except it's going to hurt you and me and everybody else on the end. Is I, I don't. I don't see it. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's. Well, a- nobody, I mean, nobody really, unless those like diehard hippie caveman that says, yes, I really do want all petroleum product to disappear tomorrow. They're just not thinking about it. They're not but, thinking about all the stuff that goes into it. So if anything, it's be like, okay, here's what you need to decide. Do you want to cut out 95% of the stuff that makes up your house, but your no, heating? I, I won't even go there anymore. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, convince me 20%. Just, just convince me 20%. It's, it's kind of like the climate activists. Okay, great. You have a computer model that has been proven wrong time and time again. Show me it works over 10 years. Mm-hmm. You can't even show me 10 years. And you're trying to get me to commit not only five generations of my financial future but all of these liberties and rights too that I used to enjoy, like mm-hmm. you seriously want to tell me that I can only go camping once a year now? Because that's what they're doing in California. Yeah. They're bringing new studies in that are saying that campfires are detrimental so you can no longer go camping unless you have a permit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is no shit, okay? Every time so, I've ever camped in California, you had to have a permit. But to have a fire yeah. is what I'm saying. Is to Even in your backyard mm-hmm. type of a thing. These are the types of regulations that are coming. And the younger generation, they're cool with it. They don't care. Well, you know, I mean. They're like, okay. That's what they know. Keep the government check coming. I'm fine. That's what no, they know. If you ever have skin in the game, you're, you're a small business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I rely on being able to drive thirty to forty thousand miles a year. Right, right. So my entire business is predicated on the fact that I can get behind the wheel of a car. Right, and I cannot get an electric car that's going to get me one hundred and fifty miles and back in the same day. You inspect homes, mm-hmm. okay? Your dad's business after he left Ramco and he went and became a home inspector. Yeah, right, it's just sort of a retirement business. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, to, to help out the family business mm-hmm. and this and that. So, you know, you, you, you've, you over the years have done a lot. How many years have you been inspecting homes on the side or full time? I've been doing it full time now for 11 years. Okay. How about on the side? Is everything? 13. Okay. So, you know, looking at that, how many different solar panels have you seen? I'm, I could count on less than 10 and every system that I actually was aware of. It's not something I would inspect, but I would note yeah. uh, were systems that were set up in the 70s. Right. They were the they were those old you know they 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 probably were horribly inefficient systems for the most part. Okay. So actually what's better than that is what I see in people's houses where you do a load shed or an off peak where you basically you give the power company the ability to reduce your load in exchange for a reduced rate of electricity. Mm -hmm. You end up using less or setting your own limits. And I think that's where the, the personal responsibility. So it's like, I can say, okay, I'm going to use 10 kilowatts today. If I use more than that, I'm going to get charged twice as much, you know? That put it on the individual to decide. And that was a good savings for the individual and for the company. This mass stuff is always going to get, there's always going to be get people to get screwed like you and me. If they told me I couldn't drive tomorrow. How many people, uh, homes had wind turbines? I've actually never inspected one that had a wind turbine. I mean, other than maybe the old-fashioned barn style. Yeah, yeah the, no, the Amish. No. The, Amish uh, the most 
green the, still, the most, the, yeah, the still the most effective and in, in, yeah, in, well, in my opinion the most effective wind energy still is from the old-fashioned wind turbines they the were. ones that pump out water and mm-hmm. could power a barn yep use a mill or something like that and you that's about it you what i see around here is geothermal uh, which oh, makes a lot sure. of sense because okay. we've got so many water sources. So you get a lot of these uh, open loop systems where they'll use water from a slough or something like that. And that's a really good system. It's low it's uh, that's low used, energy though, consumption, high efficiency. But that's used primarily for uh, water heaters and um, Usually furnaces. Right? Where I see it is it's either furnaces or uh, in-floor heat or something like that. Oh, in-floor yeah. heat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's... You floor can heat s- makes sense. Floor heat. And uh, in here, floor heat makes a lot of well, sense. Well, anywhere because the heat rises. Yeah. But in our, you know, in Minnesota, North Dakota, being able to keep your floor, which is a concrete mass, right, uh, at 50 degrees or something like that, it not only makes it more comfortable for you, it's less wear and tear in your house. Everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I see those things, you know, not to totally get off on a tangent, but that as a, an inspector, I see the more efficient furnaces, the geothermals, the more efficient water heaters, the companies that are making these things more efficient that's where we need to be going is just continued efficiency. I mean, that's to me, that seems like the no brainer. It's not stop what you're doing because it's evil. It's keep doing it better. Right. How many homes made out of, uh, earth, you know, the, the bag homes <laughs> no, made out never. of earth. No. Yurts. Occasionally I'll do a log home, like a true log home, okay. you know, but even that, you know, those are, those are from the seventies or they are somebody's, got $400,000 then just decided to put a log cabin up. You know, no so. cob homes where it's, you know. I did some of the geo domes. You know, you, you I've know done what cob home is? No. Cob home is where they take logs and then it's basically stucco around them. Oh, yeah. I, I've never done one, but I have done some of the geodesic dome homes. I've done probably yeah, four or five okay. of those. Yeah, those, again, those were popular in the 70s and yeah, 80s. Yeah, no, I know, but you have, okay. Yeah, okay. that one on the way out to Vergas, if you. Uh, I have no idea okay. what you're talking about. You, okay. Yeah, you drive past it. Um yeah, so I see. I drive by a geodesic dome and I don't notice it. If you go through Vergas on the way to, to Pelican or anything like that. Oh no, but I don't. What I see, you know, in ther- in uh, furnaces and other heating systems and water heaters, is I see an industry that is, uh, for the last thirty years, has been required to make these more and more efficient. You know, uh, high efficiency furnaces have been around since the eighties. So well, this is what really irritates me is because there was a big push mm-hmm. to upgrade everyone to natural gas. Well, it made you know. Have you noticed that yeah. all the natural gases from the old uh, dude? It makes sense. Boiler. It makes sense here. And, yeah. Well, it totally does. Yeah. And you mean but, like from fuel oil? Over oh to no, natural you, gas. no. They would give you yeah right yeah, from fuel yeah. oil and and even propane yeah um, to natural gas. So they would they they would actually. Um, well, we're swimming in it up but, here. But they would give you grants, mm-hmm. so tax credits. Yeah, that was like for a decade mm-hmm. long. This was a push. This was a big push to get people. So, the, the homes the, that you and I live in are real basic efficiency homes. You know, they're they've got a life expectancy of about twenty five or thirty years. Doesn't mean they're going to fall down at that point. But material wise, it's 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 glue and compressed wood chips. Um, but. So the construction stuff has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper so they can throw these houses up. But the utilities have gotten way better. They have gotten way more efficient. So, you know, anybody that makes the argument that, that they're not doing enough, you really just have to look at the things in your house. The washer, the dishwasher, the dryer, the furnace, all of those things have become way more efficient just in the last 30 years. I mean, so we're making progress. Are they just going to do 3D printing homes? 
pretty soon. I mean, you know, I've seen some of those done. Yeah, yeah. With, with cement, they yeah. do them with concrete, yeah. and you know, there's something about that. Yeah. And well, again, I'm going back to this. Okay, I do not understand how this national conversation can even be had about getting rid of fossil fuels, war on oil. I I'm still trying to figure out how it can even be had because if we want to reduce from our 90% dependency on fossil fuels down to 70% in my lifetime, I'm 45 years old. Mm-hmm. In my lifetime, I hopefully I got another 45 years left. Okay, I've already beaten cancer. So I, I, the worst of me is done. Yeah, and you're the healthiest guy I know. So I got abs to prove it, right? Yeah. So He does, folks. By the way, I got to get a date for Valentine's Day. We got. We <laughs> I was going to say he'll send you pictures of his abs if you. Want. I haven't had a date in so long that I mean that's, that's a whole other show. Successful right there, man. That I mean it's yeah. But we, finish your thought. Don't get off where, where on the, on the romance. Now? So right. you're talking about you know the conversation to reduce it down to seventy percent. Yeah. In my lifetime is I it, that that is an incredible feat. When you look at what we've done as a nation with the moon landing, what we've done with Hoover Dam, and what we've done with the Manhattan Project was essentially the nuclear bomb, right? Those were science projects that took massive amount of research and science to get done, okay? Never did any of those projects require any of us to change our behavior. That's the biggest thing right That's what we're talking about here is that not only are you asking people to concede science that doesn't make sense yet, you're asking people to change their behavior. But, and I agree with you totally, but think about when we were growing up before, and you're, you're a perfect example of this because you've had a, uh, a highway cleanup for what, over a decade? 2004, 2004 I 2004, right? It. I saw yep. the picture. Yep. So when you and I were growing up, it wasn't all that uncommon to just throw the soda pop or the empty cup or something out the window, right? I get texts from people that say, Hey, Spice, I just threw a half-filled Mountain <laughs> Dew bottle at your highway. Pick it up. Oh, yeah, I get those all the time. Uh, you know, I drive, drugs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I drive past it probably four or five times a week. My, my favorite was one shoe, yep. um, a blown tire, and instructions how to fix a tire. <laughs> Somebody got like pissed just, off right just there. Just consecutive. I'm like, I, to me, it tells the story Oh, right dude, there. you saw how that unfolded, yeah. No idea if the shoe has anything to do with the other, but it does in this story. So. Yeah, it sounds like a movie I want to oh, see. I, I, you could do a whole uh, reality series based on what you find on on picking up highways, cleaning highways. My, my whole point on it, though, is that, that that did change. That is a behavior that, as a country, we have gotten a lot better at in your and I lifetime, which is even the person that's like, I don't believe in this environmental shit. They don't tend to just crumple up the shit and throw it on the ground. You know what no, I'm saying? There's... Is that we've gotten into recycling. We've, you know, even if it's, and that's a whole nother show. Right, but but let's, let's, let's take your idea and just say straws, mm-hmm. bags. How many people now still use a bag? Okay, I'm, I'm talking about a reusable tote bag. Yep. When you go to the grocery store, do you bring it? Okay, I know you got one because... Everybody gave them away for free for the yeah. last 15 years. But did you leave it okay. at home? Did you forget it in your did car? Did you bring it? Yeah. Okay. If you go to Aldi, you have to bring it. Yeah. Aldi has forced you to yeah. do it. That's Aldi. the that's the European model right See, there, I, man. I, I, I like I, it. I appreciate Aldi for doing that. Walmart, on the other hand, went the other way. Mm-hmm. When COVID happened, they said, you can't bring your own bags in anymore. Yeah. 
So it's interesting how you had the two different dynamics that changed like that. That's what I'm saying where we can't even get on the same page exactly. with the grocery store and straws. Oh, and mass. We like can't even, yeah. Restaurants, if they were smart right now, would do what they do in Hawaii, which is we don't allow straws, but you can buy one for a buck. Oh, sure. It's made out of metal yep. and you can take it with you. Yep. And you know what I did? I bought three. I gave one to my son. I gave one to his mother because I am one of those dumb idiots that brings exes to to hawaii to hawaii well you know what it's actually i think that was really good of you it was it was good for my son because yeah. it was and it you was had a, fun it was you a had family a, trip and, you had a great you know, trip i remember you told me but yeah you know separate it's floors to sleep on <laughs> it's that kind of stuff that that we might be able to actually have conversation about but the whole but, old war on oil you know that just immediately sets up adversary i think that's what we need to do though is we need to come up with a starter pack you know i'm going to go talk to johnny green and Johnny Green's going to come up with a transitional starter pack, like a like a kit. You open it up, and it helps you get going, right? Like a no, like a common sense case thing. of emergency. It's a common sense thing, like that says that. Listen, the oil and gas industry. Let, let, let me correct that. The energy industry has been decarbonizing on its own for over 150 years. Okay. The energy industry started with hay and wood, and then it transitioned into other things, including whales. We almost extinct the whales so that everybody could have energy, but then we discovered oil. By the way, 90% of the oil that's discovered in the ocean is from seepage. So if the oil was not extracted, the Jed Clampett oil, the stuff that oozes out of the ground if we didn't harvest that it would just seep out of the ocean floor so you could make the case that they're just like shepherds of gaia's juices <laughs> you know what there i like I, your I, idea about a kit i think we should i'm do serious this, about this because i i want to tell that story well i think it could i want to tell that story yeah. that the humans humans have been making innovation by overstepping and undercorrecting for a long time. And the energy industry has been doing it to the tunes we almost extinct the whales. Mm -hmm. But then through coal and oil and natural gas, we're down to four hydrocarbons. Yeah. We went from hundreds of hydrocarbons and almost taken out an entire species. Okay, and but by the way, the environmentalists at Yellowstone almost took out a species of coyotes and wolves. They almost took out the elk, too. So the environmentalists don't even know how to take care of national parks. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of bad eggs on both sides. Of so this. what we need to do is we need to say, listen, everybody agrees with straws and plastic bags. And that's where we're going to start the conversation again. Anything outside of that, you're a nut job. You're a nut job. Dude, you know, I think in most cases, you've got to, we're trying to look at Testify. it from a world point of view, right? It's the macro, Dude, right? it's Monday. I want to have fun. But really, you need to live, <laughs> you need to live in a three-foot world when it comes right. to the environment. And that's, you know, if you do something if you, and you try to do it the best you can in terms of recycling, reducing, whatever, turning off the light switch in the house. I mean, just that common sense stuff. You're making an impact. We're right? going to reset the conversation. Mm -hmm. Let's just reset it. Everybody's talking about the great reset. Let's do that with the conversation. We're yeah. going to reset it. Okay. Greta, you gone too far? Other side, too far? We're going to start right in the middle. We're going to go with uh, plastic bags and straws. 
And we're going to educate both sides through plastic bags and straws. Dude, I'll tell you right now, there's probably a large swath of the world that's screaming out for a moderate, sane, rational that's what voice I'm saying. on that's, this. That, and that's what we're right? going to take. We're, we're going to look for the people that want to have a yeah. sane If you want to scream, right. there's plenty of places to go and do that. If We've you want to talk, I've had come plenty here. of people over the last four years tell me I'm either with them or against them. Yeah, and I've said, I'm open to everybody. Yeah. So apparently I'm against them without yeah. even knowing it yeah. because they don't come on the show anymore. I would never put someone in that position. Do you know how much flack I got for helping out the uh, riots, the Black Lives Matter stuff? Yeah. I, lo- I lost business on that yeah. because behind the scenes, I helped the foreign kids write their speeches so we didn't have a riot again and we didn't. Yeah. And I actually lost business because people saw me Go oh with the wrong Activism. side. Yeah, what see that's the wrong yeah, side. These yeah. are kids that don't know how to speak English. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help them. I've and been that's doing the it for problem is that instead of seeing you and being like, huh, there's probably something worth listening to then. Right. They made that judgment. All right. You know what? That went too far. Yep. When we come back, we got news coming up next. Subway fake tuna plus and energy news. Right here on the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. That's Sterling. My name is Jason Spees. We'll see you in a few. heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River There's nothing like the earth, and how the universe goes on. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The Industrial Forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. 
We're going to get into news in just a second here. Do want to mention our weekly sponsor this week is Orange Property Management. If you've got some needs out in the Bakken, they can certainly help you out. Orange Property Management. Our links are available at thecrudelife.com. Also, coming up a little bit later in our work hard portion, Canal Patel with the Dallas Federal Reserve to give a quarterly update on our Swan Energy phone lines. Dwayne Ferris with uh, BC Canine Pipelines. I, I, I don't have the full name written down, and I apologize. But he does pipeline sniffing dogs. He'll be on tomorrow. Oh, cool. So we've got, yeah, we've got a full show this week. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Of course, our Super Bowl picks. We've yeah. got that. The board is full, folks. The board is full. Uh, studio at thecrudelife.com. If you'd like some more information about how to become a sponsor, like Orange Property Management. And what else do we got going on here? One more thing. Oh, yeah. We've got a number of emails as well that have come in. I saw a couple of them addressed to you. <laughs> uh, they, they thought, uh, well, we can talk about some of the trolling and everything. Yeah, as I know, we got a little bit of a response from Friday's show, didn't we? We did about the social media, yeah. and um, you know, we've that got that got a little heavy. We've got trolled before in the past, so it's kind of fun. But yeah. that's that goes. So you back know, people that, are listening. Will this be the year defined by defection? Mm-hmm. All right, what do we got for news? Let's get the sounder going. Well, where do you want to start? How about this? This actually, I, you'll, you'll find this interesting. Exxon and Chevron discussed merging to form second largest oil company. Exxon and Chevron? Exxon and Chevron discussed merging the oil their oil companies last year, a move that would likely have created the second largest oil company in the world. The talks between Chevron CEO Mike Worth and Exxon CEO Darren Woods took place in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic, which has battered the oil sector. The talks were preliminary and not ongoing, though they might resume discussions. If a merger were to occur, it would likely make them the second largest oil company by market capitalization and production. Saudi Aramco, of course, my old hometown, still the world's largest. They are. Okay. Okay. Well... It doesn't surprise me, you know, that that would definitely fall into what I've been saying for three, four years, that the path we're going down is we're going to have a half a dozen companies controlling mm-hmm. 80 to 90 percent of the global oil supply. Senator Kramer says three, four companies controlling 90 percent. Watch. Could you imagine Exxon, Chevron? Well, if, if these things happen, that's what will yeah. happen. And... Hopefully they'll keep, you know, using us little guys as their subcontractors. Well, and as long as that economy happens, that's fine. They're talking, you know, they, they, they said that this stuff started in the early days of the pandemic. I wonder, do you think it was a reaction to that or are they looking at it more oh, from no. the point of view of uh, we need to be so big we can never fail? Type of I thing. actually think that without government subsidies, I'm not sure if, if that deal would not have gone through mm-hmm. because... What, you oh, you remember. mean if they hadn't gotten yeah, the bailout? Right, yeah. because Whiting was laying off a third of their people uh, the October. I'm sorry, the the August yeah, before August. the pandemic. Yeah. So August the 19, 2019, and Chesapeake laid off people in October. It wasn't Texas statewide, like down thirty six percent. So before COVID hit, yeah. the industry was getting hit hard. Okay. If it wasn't for a lot of the government money, who knows what would have happened to the industry? I mean, in North Dakota and Wyoming, a lot of what's happening in terms of the the energy activity 
is all stimulus. It smells like socialism to me. That's one way to look at it. That, that's well, what I'm saying is that if this if this is a transition out of the free market into a controlled market, well, that that would be the way to go. Yeah, that would be the way to go. Keep centralizing and controlling. Well, to me, it kind of seems like you know circling the wagons. It's yeah, it a is. reaction to you know to that kind of it's consolidation. You know, defensive posture. I guess you'd say that is above and beyond strength in numbers. Oh man. That is that is that's Goliath strength in numbers right there. I mean, can you imagine? That's like Coke and Pepsi yeah. deciding they're going to merge. Yeah, that they were going to be the number one and take on water. Hey, Brondo, watch out, <laughs> FDA, Brondo. <laughs> Idiocracy. So, you know, it sounds like at least from what I've been able to read is really the only thing about this is it was revealed that there was discussions. Doesn't seem to have gone past that. Although I wonder how much of that would be done in the open anyway. You know, it's until it deal. was sort of a done deal. The, the fact that they're having those discussions says that there is a real global market happening. And that is what their reaction, their proaction. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a proaction, but at this point it might be a reaction. But the reason they're meeting is because, hey, it's it's a global marketplace now, folks. I mean, it's a global marketplace. So... Whether you like it or at least in the oil, oil and gas business it is. So. Well, yeah. I mean, it It seems like one of the real advantages, though, in the last 20 years is that we've gone from being mainly dependent on foreign oil to being self-sufficient or at least capable of being self-sufficient and with natural gas really opening up, you know, the ability for us to sort of call our own shots. We were, yeah. anyways. Well, we were. Yeah. We were. All right. But you oh, know what? Yeah. You know what? Leading on that. This comes, uh, the Biden administration has issued over 30 drilling permits in federal land and coastal waters, despite an order putting political appointees in charge of the decision. The move signals those drilling authorizations uh, are continuing to flow, despite President Joe Biden's plan to pause oil and gas leasing. So the order provoked alarm across the oil industry, as you might expect, as energy companies worried that they wouldn't get approval to drill new wells or swift approval to amend current permits for ongoing drilling. So far, there's no sign of that blockade. They've also issued over 22 drilling permits to eight companies since January 20th for offshore drilling. And approvals for wells in the Gulf of Mexico have been issued steadily on a daily basis since Biden's inauguration. So I'm kind of curious about that. Is this we're we're just in inertia? We haven't slowed down to the point where they're going to turn it around and stop it, or is this the type of thing where I, common sense and a financial? You know, you're staring down a recession. You're staring down an economy that's eh, pretty delicate right now. Do you really want to start? You know, basically going out and shooting jobs in the head for no other reason than because it sounded good on the campaign trail. It's. It's interesting because I, I've been having this feeling for a while, and I've had this conversation with the Bismarck mayor, Steve Bakken. I've had this conversation with Terry Edom, the fossil fuel insanity author, public energy number one, BOE reporter, is that it's almost like they're starting, you know, they realize they can't get rid of oil and gas. Okay, they realize it. But... Maybe they can put it out in the sea and out in federal, out in play, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Right. So if, if we put it in areas where nobody sees it, right. like in Canada, for example, they still mine coal in British Columbia, 
but it's only like 70 to 100 miles from the ocean so they can ship it over to Canada. Or I'm sorry, over to China. China, yeah. So as long as nobody sees it, yeah. they can keep doing it. Well, you know, and, and that's what that kind of that reminded yeah, me of. That's what it seems like is because the the federal land thing. It seems it doesn't have the same oil and gas bad guy thing to it, right? Because it's it's the government that's giving them these right. these, these mineral rights. So I don't think it has that same psychological impact. And it goes back to what Terry Eaton was saying when we talked to him last week about how nobody seems to be talking or, you know, about the uh, Keystone Pipeline. Everybody's against it. Don't see a lot of people that are protesting against pipelines that have been in place for 20 30 years you know that go down to la stuff like that so, and those are the ones they should be exactly actually, to say hey they might be old so rip them up and redo them that's the whole problem here is <laughs> that's that the irony actually right well you they, know they should be applauding the new pipelines and protesting yes. the 30 year old bridges yeah and the 30 year old pipelines yes and the roads out in western north dakota that are so old that if you get a if you get a rain they wash away in chunks yeah I mean that that's the stuff they should be protesting. I know, if, man. If they need to exert that energy. We need Sorry. some real infrastructure week. <laughs> like a legitimate one. No, you know what I mean though? What is it's like time we're it's at. it's these low hanging victories. It's these symbolic things in a in a in a world of counterfactual, left and right, fake news, real news, all that BS. You've got basically, you know, you're checking boxes. So you can feel good about yourself. Well, that's what I'm wondering. If the free market's done and we're just in a checked and box economy now where you know oil and gas companies are just gonna get money from the government and being told where to drill, what to drill, all this other stuff. Well, okay. Then then that then that's the new normal, huh? Yeah. Well, that's gonna change a lot. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Where if that's the new normal and they take out competition and they take out actual legitimate merit there's going to be a defection like you have never seen before you know i'm curious that's that's i'm really concerned actually i'm very concerned for the industry well you know you talk about defection and that's like something what uh, uh john Kerry, the new climate uh, emissary for joe biden said the other day what when, the hell are you talking about when john Kerry talked about transitioning what was that word you said which word the climate emissary envoy Envoy? John Kerry, the climate, the envoy. I got to start. Man, you got to. Do you even look at news anymore? Come on, you know this. I do not look at that okay, stuff. Okay, so seriously, what what are you, oh what are you talking about? Okay, oh, let's find. Is it he here. is he some appointed? Is he is he a climate guy? He is a new addition. Is he the new Al Gore? You got to let me talk. He is a new cabinet position for Joe Biden. So John Kerry is Are you smoking something? Given what the title the of Climate Envoy. I don't know why I said the other one. So anyway, what he's saying oh when talking God. about Are you for real? This is nauseating. This is okay, Kerry responding when talked about what would happen to thousands of oil workers whose jobs have already been eliminated I gotta interrupt by you day for a one executive here. order. The, the name of this segment is called News Rumors. But what would you call speak. it? What would I you call, call it? this news speak? What <laughs> well, the hell? That's, I'm Climate trying to make a point. Envoy, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just. I, just I'm, listen this to is his. The first I've heard of this. I'm disgusted. Listen to this quote, okay? When he's asked what he would say to thousands of oil workers whose jobs have already been eliminated by President Biden's day one executive orders. During a press briefing, Kerry, who has been given the title of Climate Envoy in this administration, responded by saying, what President Biden wants to do 
is make sure that these folks have better choices, that they can be the people to go to work to make the solar panels. So you talk about defection. That's what I think. That's what I think they think people are going to do, is you're going to be able to just walk off job that you've done and just go make solar panels. That is offensive. Well, I'm just wondering, too. It's like saying... What was that quote again? Can you read that again? What President Biden wants to do is make sure that these folks have better choices, that they can be the people to go to work to make the solar panels. This is the trouble, man, when you've got anybody that, you know, they don't know what the price of milk is, right? This is somebody that gets to fly around on a government-funded jet burning all those nasty hydrocarbons while talking about what's going to happen to thousands of people that are losing their jobs. I don't, my, my brain is just, it's too early for this mm. because I don't know whether to get on the great big climate envoy across the USA. Climate envoy. envoy. I mean, those jokes are going wild right there. I want to like have a whole different planning session just to do a whole skit. I want to bring out a skit because of the word climate envoy. I think they should hire you as a marketing I mean, director. You, you do not understand that word, that right there. That was a trigger for you, man. Oh, my word. I've never heard of anything so ridiculous since since Obama brought out the czar, the climate czar. What are you? Are I you hate Smoking czars. drugs, you Kenyan cigarette smoking president? Tan suit wearing. I still think he was in the uh, Whoop There It Is video. You think so? I do. I'd like, in fact, we should put that up there. Wow, that's a new one. <laughs> Have you never seen that? Okay, during our next commercial break, I'm going to show no. you the Whoop There It Is video, and you tell me like a minute 22 in if that's I've not seen the video. Obama. Okay, now I'll have to watch it. All with right, new so, eyes. anyways, get it. I think there's probably a Snopes even on that. Um, okay, okay, so this, this ridiculous climate envoy. And then the well, I just, part, I just can I follow this up real yeah, quick? Yeah, please do. Just it. because this is going to give you something else, okay. you might might get a you might. I'm starting to see a vein pop out on your head. Did we vote on this? Is this just okay? You could just go in there and make this stuff up. So okay, here I am. I'm Carrie. I'm saying, hey, I'm going to start a new cabinet with a climate envoy. What what is an envoy? Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. There's just one thing that. Most people are apparently carry didn't take into account. Where do you suppose the vast majority of solar panels are manufactured? That's what I'm saying. It's it's offensive. Yeah. It's it is well, newspeak. It's, it's, no, no, it's, it's newspeak. It's not even offensive. It's, it's just it's, it's beyond offensive because it's, it's what they're doing is they are controlling the narrative. He's not even giving you an option to think anything else. That that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Is that if that, that's that's what's happening? It is a it is a war on the psyche. Mm-hmm. Is what's going on? Is they're saying that oh yeah they'll make good solar panels. You, they're they're pitting the pitchforks against the torches. They're taking the people who are pissed off yeah. that have the pitchforks, and the people that are mad that have the torches, and they're pitting them against each other. Yeah, and that seems to always be the game, right? It's the it's the guy that makes a thousand dollars an hour that makes the guy that makes twenty five dollars an hour hate the guy that makes five dollars an hour. So I had to look up what the word envoy meant. Really, you never watched Star Trek? No, I didn't. Oh man, I was I was a nerd. Sorry. No, I I was gonna say I was dating and yeah, I had women. I could do two things at once. I would. No, <laughs> I was exploring. 
the human the hu- body. The human I condition. Was <laughs> I was using stars Were as a line. Were you doing strange new worlds? <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby, you want to go look at stars <laughs> while my buddy watches Star Trek? Oh, with his friend. Okay, so uh, Envoy, a messenger or representative, especially one in a diplomatic mission. Now, see, I think no. it would have been cooler if he'd been called a climate harbinger. Oh, I like harbinger. Yeah, look that one up. It's cool. So it's I see what's going on here. They're using a new term. Media is going to be ooh sexy new term. Spend six months to a year and in, 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 enamored with this because ooh we get to use a new term now. It's like a new hat on Barbie. You know what I mean? It's it is. It's like new marketing for the media. I so think that, a new hat on is, Barbie has more practical but, use. But this is a strategy. The Bush administration was really good about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Snow, so masterful. Tony Snow is probably the best press secretary I've ever seen in my lifetime. Okay, he was just phenomenal. He would he would be able to take the the because remember journalism was a little bit more hard hitting back then. Okay. There was, they were getting rid of Dan rather. Mm -hmm. They were, I mean, they they were getting the big guys out. They were taking them out. It was a generational change. Imus gone. Okay. Anybody who would actually have any, and Imus actually kind of had a little bit of credibility. Okay. And out. And, um, Tony Snow would just, he would make up words. He'd be like, well, we're going to parse it. He would totally take the, and all of a sudden the word parse, was the was the news story that was for the, the story. Next, yeah. 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 What does it mean to parse? Just, well, I mean, I actually would stand up and clap. Yeah. Like, oh God, he's just so good. Well, you know, in a lot of ways, a press secretary's most successful if they're essentially standing up there behind the podium with a big thing of keys and shaking them because they're nice and shiny. And that's what six foot seven Tony Snow would do. He'd take yep. the big keys, yep. and then after he was done, they brought in this five foot two bombshell, Dana Perino. Just an absolute, by the way, two Vislas she owns. She's a Visla owner. I had no idea. When I was looking up Frackleberry Hound, mm-hmm. um, which we believe is either Chesapeake Bay Retriever or Chesapeake Bay Retriever and Visla. Visla. Turns out Dana Perino. Um, I knew you guys had a lot in common. The old Fox News correspondent mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and then press She's on CNN now, I think, isn't she? I don't know. She does lifestyle stuff now. Stuff. She, no, she's, they come to her. The cameras come to her. She's <laughs> as she's, it should. Yeah, be. they come to her. But back to Tony Snow. Why was he so masterful? Because he he could take he would control the argument. Mm-hmm. He he could. T- George Bush did a lot of questionable things. Okay, he he was really one of the first very polarizing presidents. I mean, to where you know, not my president, right? Yeah. That that's where that came from. Certainly in our lifetime, he was probably yeah. The most he was one of the big ones. Iraq yeah. War and just yeah. you know nine eleven. A lot of stuff happened. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Snow was really good. He, I mean, like I said, he could take something that past presidents would have been impeached for, mm-hmm. and he would get the media caught up on their own, the, well, you their, know, the, their, their own tongue, and then okay, on to the next. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that if <laughs> okay, if you totally buy into the idea and the narrative that you know media is mainstream media has an agenda and. It's, you know, it's basically a democratic platform and this and that. If you buy into that, then you also have to buy into the idea that that what we're going to get over the next couple of years is just what you're talking about, which is going to be a constant stream of messaging that I'm hopeful will actually have some benefit, but is probably really just going to be a bunch of noise and stuff that's ultimately going to kill jobs. Now, I'm not, if something's bad, 
like let's say let's say it's bad and there's a lot of people that do that job right and now we have to find something new for them to do okay you got to have a plan you don't just say yeah. you guys will learn how to code i think or, it's simpler than that though but I mean, really, if you really want to do a transition, if they were like, let's say I was told you can no longer do home inspections, we're transitioning you out to something else, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to get paid. Okay, at least I would have some idea as to what my security and future might look like, right? If government's going to come in and run everything. But that's the problem is that these people that are, you know, their jobs are subject to a whim of how people feel about themselves and the environment or how they think they should feel, right? And they're all just trying to earn a living. I don't know, man. What's What do we got next in the news? <laughs> okay, something lighter. Check this out. Have you ever been to Subway? Of course you have, right? Although you're probably it's not a, a fake big tuna Subway. one, man. Yeah, I already know this one. So Subway tuna is I, not tuna. I don't know the guts of it, but I saw the headline. But I'm bummed. Now and, it's and just allegedly. Yahoo this page. is alleged by a lawsuit. Subway says their popular tuna salad contains tuna, mayonnaise, eggs, soybean oil, vinegar, water, salt, sugar, spice, lemon wow, lemon juice, and calcium disodium. Okay, that's to protect flavor, apparently. According to two plaintiffs who recently filed a lawsuit against the sandwich chain, the Subway tuna salad is actually a mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna and that the contents have been blended together to make something that looks and smells and tastes like tuna. What's happening here? So they say it's made from anything but tuna. They say that lab tests and the results came back. No fish. No fish. The lawsuit does not, not state fish. what the tuna ingredients actually are. So it's goo. It's, well, it's like goo, you know? But, I mean, isn't that the way you get with like crab sandwiches and stuff like that most of the time? It's, artif- you know, it's fake crab, right? So fake crab is interesting. Well, the goo part is, we'll start with that. Yeah, because, what is, is that a thing? That's well, a real thing? Well, paste, you know, okay, like sure. chicken nuggets. That's just goo, you know, yeah. like that, right? Paste. And it can be anything. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where the plant goo is coming in, you know, like these, these fake, you know, all this vegan stuff, these fake burgers is mm-hmm. basically it's goo, right? It's, it's pig just, taints. Yeah, it's just spam. Just mm-hmm. different. It's just so, when you look at what what that like, I've talked to chefs about this. What is food anymore? Mm-hmm. What is food well, anymore? If you know, it blue looks, ra- it blue smells and it tastes. You know, like blue raspberry. Yeah. There's no blue raspberries. Yeah. You know, and anything in a box is not from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, and and all these other things to where okay, you know, fake crab. All right, fake crab. I actually know what's in fake crab because my brother, the wrestling coach. One of his wrestlers' dad owned the plant that made these things. So was it any kind of fish in it? It was white fish okay. and beetle juice. The red oh. is the juice extraction from a beetle in South America okay. that has a fishy flavor to it and has a high protein. You're kidding. So in order to get the protein similar and flavor... That's what they do. Man, how did someone come up with that idea? I have absolutely no idea how did they that, did. How did that come together? It's like, hey, I got this beetle juice. What should we do with right. it? Right. Well, they do the same thing with horseshoe crabs. There's some blue excretion, ex- extraction, whatever, that, Discharge. that these uh, blue that these horseshoe crabs have. Mm-hmm. They're like milking them like the mafia episode on The Simpsons oh, with, the, with no, the rat milk. No, with the rat milk. With the rat oh, milk. Oh, man. Yeah. This is why I'm glad I don't like seafood. Stuff is nasty looking all over. Oh no, that blue that blue stuff is for um, 
I can't remember. It's for medicine or for plastic <sighs> surgery. Dude, you give me chili I, dogs, and I don't care I, what's I in them. I forget what it is, but um, so you know, you take a look at you know what is food, and and tuna. Okay, if it tastes like it, well, that's where we're at now. I mean, fruit juice, a lot of times, doesn't even have fruit in it. Well, and what they're saying here is that it's possible, too, that even if it's correct, Subway might not have had any real idea. It could have actually been the salt, the wholesaler or the supplier. And it comes down to a case where it's not really, the fraud is based on financial gain, doesn't really result in any kind of health issue. It's yep. just the fact that I sold you something that isn't what it is. I got two lawsuits that come to mind here. Okay, the first one, and we'll end with these because these are actually kind of silly. Uh, Coors, okay, when uh, I think a Belgian company owns them now. Uh, Coors, that's so weird. Yeah, I know. Um, for a long time, they advertised Rocky Mountain waters mm-hmm. that was made, they were brewed with Rocky Mountain waters. Well, they got sued. And I believe they lost and had to take it out because, of course, you know, with Belgian company ownership now and being bottled all over the world, they can't say that all that water came from the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. So something along those lines. That's what that kind of reminded me of, you know, that type of thing. You know, here's an interesting argument. If, if, If all of Coors is made, let's say all the Coors in the United States is made with water from the Rocky Mountains. Aren't we worried about that as a resource, man? That stuff's got to run out eventually. Never ending, baby. No, it needs snow. What if we don't have snow? These are things we need to talk about. Never ending. So check it out. On the tuna thing, they're talking about the possibility of this lawsuit basically blowing it open so that Subway would actually have to either serve real tuna and be able to verify it or not be able to call it that. Well, I think actually, yeah, those are the fair things. And mm-hmm. if it's not tuna, well, don't call it tuna. Otherwise, go get tuna. But tuna itself is a generic term. It is a generic term, much like sardines, right. but it is fish. It is And fish. that is 0% fish. Okay? <laughs> now I might like it. You know, but so, you talk about what's food. That's the thing is they say it looks like it. It smells like it. It tastes like it. It's like we're back in the matrix here. If what is real is what you can see, taste, and hear, then what is real is whatever tells you that, you know? And the other lawsuit to kind of end with is Fox News. We talked about what is news earlier and what all these other things. And so it's a true story. Fox News, you know, they got sued early on in the days. Back in, there was a Florida lawsuit. And it went to the Supreme Court. About them being news. About them being news. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually, in court, were not. Yeah, that's how they're able to do what they can do, and that's how the other media went along with it too. You know, if you look so. at if you look at defense arguments um, for like Tucker Carlson, Megyn Kelly, Sean Hannity, those guys over time, a lot of times it comes down to we're not news. That's the defense is that I might have been saying stuff that was crazy, but it's not news. So technically. I can say that and not get in trouble. For and that it. was 20 years ago, yeah. back in even probably 30 years ago. It was back in the 90s, I believe, when that yeah. when that was established. Which is sadly so 30 years ago. So fast forward to today, and that precedent is being used by Alex Jones mm-hmm. to say, "I'm not really crazy. I just play a crazy guy on my show." Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying about a template. Yeah. I'm not saying they use the exact same argument, but if the template is done, then folks. That's how the template is done. That's why I keep bringing up the cigarette smoking ban template, Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to oil and gas, because in the world of social shaming and modern day leprosy, that's the template. I so you see. think it's going to be like you can you can't use a combustible vehicle within 50 feet of the store, kind of like cigarettes. But- People are already shaming people in public for not wearing masks. It's not far away, man. So, all right, that's going to do it today, folks. Canal Patel with the Dallas Federal Reserve coming up on our Swan Energy phone lines as we get ready to work hard because, boy, he's got a quarterly report. They surveyed a couple hundred oil and gas companies down in the Permian to tell you what their responses are and where the energy industry is coming up. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We'll see you tomorrow. Car's dead, the engine's froze I feel the wind chill down to my toes Well, I'm glad I don't live too far away Well, the moonlight's shining on my walk home I'm breathing in cold air, exhaling smoke So quiet I can hear it all And I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking With the people that I The Crude Life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. If you want to look at America, you go to Permian and the Bakken, and, and that's what America should be, united as one. And that's exactly what we are. And, and then, you know, that's what I love about the oil and gas industry. One county in Kansas, one single county, produced 9% of the world's oil. That was oil that won World War One, As the British said from the floor of Parliament, the Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil. Works picked up here in the Permian Basin. Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how we've been doing things and constantly make changes in how we can do things better. Commodities are always, 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 any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples, they always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices, the solution to high prices is, you know, is high prices. It's a big issue. You know, it's kind of red riding hood syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big bad wolf and on top of that you know you would get a nice increase in pay as i'm sure most of us all know when you move to oil field areas you get a a nice little bump in pay after him and i having five margaritas over at the cork and pig i called my boyfriend and i was like hey do you want to move to texas and he was like yeah when when are we moving (laughs) and honestly we moved about a month after that this oil and gas industry i've met some of the best people i've ever met in my life doing this Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. On the Swan Energy phone lines with us is Canal Patel with the Dallas Federal Reserve. The, the Federal Reserve of Dallas, they have their, is it the fourth quarter? Is that the end of the year, fourth quarter? Do you guys start your quarters in January and end of December like everybody else, Mr. Patel? Good question, Jason. We, we do four quarters, you know, the first one's in March, oh. then June. Then September and December, but it, you know, it runs the full quarter. So this is the October, November, December, you know, that's what it kind of represents. Um, and then of course our next quarterly survey will release, uh, towards the end of March. End of March. Okay. So let's recap the recent one that was released, uh, end of the year, uh, December 30th, and just kind of give operators and midstream, upstream, downstream, salmon stream, just kind of an idea what, uh, you guys found with your survey with the members and also uh, maybe what some of the comments were. I know you guys get comments on these from time to time. So uh, what, what were some of the highlights that you guys took away at the, at the Federal Reserve from this quarter's study? So, so great, yeah. In, in our latest survey, the, 
the main thing I would say, the main highlight or the main takeaway is that there are signs of improvement in the upstream oil and gas sector. This is a upstream survey. You know, we, we had 146 upstream firms respond to the survey. Uh, it's exploration and production firms, oil services firms. And, you know, there's signs of improvement uh, in the most recent fourth quarter business activity increased relative to the third quarter. Uh, this was the first positive reading uh, in 2020. So, you know, after uh, very strong declines in the first and second quarter, more of a leveling off in the third quarter, and then an increase in the fourth quarter, you know, it is a positive sign. Uh, we saw production flat. Uh, employment still did continue to fall, uh, but it was at a slower pace than in Q3. Uh, and outlooks improved. That is definitely a positive sign. Uncertainty declined. The uncertainty index was at the lowest level since we started asking about uncertainty at the start of 2017. Uh, you know, the first two quarters pointed to distress in the industry. Third quarter, again, stabilization. Fourth quarter, signs of improvement. Uh, operators expect $50 at the end of this year. So we are above that. Um, but one thing to consider is during the survey period, it was $47 per barrel. So they did see, they did anticipate an increase in the price price of oil. Um, regarding the comments, you know, there, were, there was a lot less um, uncertainty in the comments that, that than what we'd seen in previous quarters. But, you know, there was still, you know, mixed optimism. More of the optimism was probably on the exploration and production side. On the oilfield services side, there were still issues with, you know, there's a lot of excess equipment, um, declining margins. Uh, you know, they both did highlight the exodus of capital from the sector and how, you know, COVID-19 was is making a big impact on the sector. And that's kind of what's driving what's going to happen next. Did any comments come in about uh, stimulus money or the Texas Railroad Commission looking at c controlling production? Any sort of um, outside wild cards like that? On the Texas Railroad Commission part, there, there weren't any comments regarding that. I think that I'd have to go back to uh, earlier this year, there were more comments. Uh, but in this latest quarter, there wasn't any comments on that. Regarding stimulus uh, I, I believe there was a a comment around uh, the the paycheck protection program. The main thing is the comment reads, you know, our com companies benefit from the government funded paycheck protection program, and we are all desperately need another one to get the end of the road and better times and increased revenues. Um, and there, there I, I think that that was the only main paycheck protection program comment this time. But in the past, we've also seen some paycheck protection program comments. And were they mostly about they need the PPP or that they want to get rid of it to, for whatever reason? I, I've heard both. That's why. In, in this specific comment, there was uh, just a need for PPP. Okay. Yeah, it was an oilfield services firm, um, and they were just noting that uh, that they that they need you know PPP to uh, for uh, they, that they needed it. Um, of course, after I think there was. Uh, there is, of course, a new second 2.0 PPP right now, and so um, that would be, of course, a benefit to that company. There, there is, you know, somebody did mention like additional stimulus from, you know, the government, Federal Reserve, but they didn't really say, you know, they've. I think that they've just kind of said that it has helped the overall economy. 
How about when it came to oil prices or natural gas prices? Did they give any magic numbers about, you know, I wish I wish we could see it at this, you know, at, at $45, you know, we make money in the Eagleford or something like that? Um, or did they give any educated guesses at where they might see, you know, the prices go? I guess I don't know how, how much into speculation that you guys get with your comments, but... Uh, anything on the pricing that came out of the survey? If I remember correctly, there was uh, there was a comment in which they were kind of just saying that the line is it is impossible to predict prices for oil and gas, uh, and I think that what in the, for some reason this one there was a lot less comments on price, but there was two comments on the oil service side where it said it was impossible to predict prices. And we don't feel like we can guess the future oil and gas prices. So, like, I think that there's a lot of uncertainty around the price. But we do ask them, you know, what they think the year-end price for 2021 is for oil. And the average was $50. And then for gas, yes, what's the year-end price for Henry Hub? And they were thinking $2.76. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, as I'm kind of looking at a few other things down in the oil patch area. Um, obviously, the Biden administration has, has put some new policies in place, and we have this federal leasing. Um, that's right. Did anybody make any comments about the specifically the Biden administration or having to do with any sort of poli- policy? I mentioned the federal land one because that's the one in the news right now, but were there any um, comments or concerns? So interesting enough, over the past year, we've gotten comments from our executives around, you know, you know what will happen if Trump is president, what will happen if Biden is president. Um, and there's been actually a mixture of comments. Like this time, there was one that was saying that that they think that the Biden administration will actually help increase commodity prices. Um, on the other hand, there's another comment that says regulations will increase when Biden is in the White House. And so there is a mixture of comments on both sides. Uh, in the past, I think we've seen a little bit more comments regarding how Trump would benefit the industry. Um, but again, a mixture from what the executives are saying. Uh, I think right now, as you know, I mean, the survey was done uh, before these recent announcement. Um, I think that there's a lot of uncertainty around what will happen next. Um, but it's really hard for, for me to comment because it's um, it's something that's changing day to day. Well, and again, if anybody's listening, we're, we're recapping a survey, a quarterly survey that the Federal Reserve does of Dallas, and we'll have the link at our website, but the, it was released on December 30th, so we're just kind of going over what some of the, the comments were and some of, the, some of the survey numbers, and you're right. I mean, since then, we've had inauguration, we've had some changes. Just this morning, the um, headline that was circulating around social media and uh, the the news circuits was Biden and Mitt Romney saying to oil and gas workers, go make solar panels. I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. So I don't want to ask you that question, but I do want to ask you about the ESG and just the climate activism, climate change uh, influence. Uh, did any operators comment on that, the ESG, the climate activism part? And in, in, I, in, I, I suppose that would be just an offshoot of the uncertainty, but I was just kind of wondering the specifics behind that. 
and what's interesting is that we have gotten you know comments in the past around ESG, but for some reason there wasn't as many comments this time. We did ask a question though about you know firms plans. Uh, you know, do you have a plan to reduce CO2 emissions? Do you have a plan to reduce methane emissions? Do you have a plan to reduce flaring? And what we found was that among the larger EMP firms, these are the firms that produce 10,000 barrels a day or more, they do have these plans. Roughly about half of them do have a variety of these plans. Only 17% don't have any type of plan to reduce something like flaring or emissions. Whereas among the smaller firms, you know, 54% said, hey, we don't have any of these plans in place. But again, these are firms that are less than 10,000 barrels per day. We did also ask a question around, what are your plans to reduce greenhouse emissions from now till 2025 on a barrel of oil equipment produced basis? And again, among the, the larger firms, you know, 10,000 barrels a day or more, you know, mo- you know, the most picked category was more than 10%, although, you know, 50% said we don't really know what our plan is. Among the smaller firms, again, another 50% said we don't know, but there was a good portion that just said 0%. Again, though, these are the firms that are smaller than 10,000 barrels per day. Um, From looking at the state production data, about 80% of the production in the U.S. comes from firms that have 10,000 barrels a day or more. So it may be that these larger firms have plans and these plans will make a difference um, going forward. When's your next survey come out? It'll be March 24th. And do you guys do anything in the interim at all? I mean, I was, I'm looking at the survey right now and the data collected for this December 30th one was between December 9th and the 17th. So it was uh, shortly after the election. And uh, 146 firms responded, and so a good, a good, a good sample. But uh, you guys do this quarterly, and the next one comes out March 24th. You said was that right? Yep, we'll collect the data a couple weeks before that. Um, I think that the main publications that get a lot of interest outside of the survey is we have the energy slideshow that's released every month. Um, It is a variety of public data, but what it does is it's a quick read. You spend about five minutes. You go through and see the different indicators, you know, what's the trends. Uh, And then the other big thing is we have the energy indicators. It's a monthly publication, six charts, six headlines. It gives you a direction of uh, where the energy industry is going. Noticing, too, you Um, you guys even break down the different shale plays, Permian, Eagleford, Shale, uh, Barnett, I mean, Haynesville, on your website, too. I'm there right now, actually. I, I, I haven't seen this page on your website before. You guys actually do quite a bit for the energy industry. Yeah, we, we do have a big focus on the energy industry. On top of you know our publications, we have our annual energy conference. Uh, this will be our, um, well, our sixth one. I think the fifth one was last year. 2020 was our fifth. 2017-18. That was our fifth conference. Uh, it was a virtual. We had uh, 1,500 people attend, which is great. Uh, and most of these people stayed for the entirety of the conference. Uh, we're planning on a 2021 conference. Um, unsure if it's going to be in person or virtual. That'll be something that we'll plan over the year. And on top of that, we also have our Energy Advisory Council. Uh, twice a year, we meet with uh, executives uh from upstream, midstream, and downstream to, um, to hear, you know, the latest that's going on in the industry, understand the challenges, 
Um, and so there is a big focus on energy at, at our Dallas Fed, and we do it through a variety of events, um, speaking with executives in our district, and of course our publications. Our energy surveys are most read publication, um, and it's something that gets coverage from a variety of media outlets, uh, on top of that investment banks. And of course, we have a large readership among government officials, uh, bankers, and of course, you, the, the, uh, the, the oil and gas uh, uh, employees. How often is your mailing list? Uh, 3,000 people. No, I mean, how often? So, you know, I, <laughs> how, how, weekly, uh, daily, we do, what? Oh, we do it about once a month. And so okay. uh, once a month we, we, we send out, uh, and, and mostly, again, energy indicators is going to be every month. But then, you know, at the end of the quarter, we can send out the, the, uh, the, 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 the quarterly energy survey. And so, uh, we continue to build our list and we do it about once a month because I think that's, you don't want to get too much content. You just want to get the right amount. And so that, that's know, why I asked because, you know, some people do it every day. Some people do it every week, some people every month and it's overwhelming. I mean, if, if you're just putting out to put out, that's, that, that gets too much, you know, these, some of these daily ones. But uh, if it's weekly or monthly, that might capture the attention on some people. So um, I kind of like that that's monthly, actually, because <laughs> only got to look at it once a month instead of... It, it has uh, what I call a high click-through rate because it, it's not something you see every day, right? You see email from the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. I haven't seen this email in a month or two. Let's open it up and see what's in there. Um, it, it definitely has a very uh, a much higher click-through rate than if we would have sent it out every day. That'd be my guess, too. So, okay, cool. Well, sir, that's all we got today. Unless there's anything else that uh, you think we need to know until our next chat session. That's about it. Yeah, stay tuned for our, our, our next release. I think that um, it's been an interesting start to the year, and I'm sure there's more to come. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful.
successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I suppose that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota United States Senate. I'm Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> the Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the chairwoman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Commissioner Christy Craddock, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. Last year, we did over almost 200,000 inspections in the state, across the state. And so... It's a lot. We have a lot that we do in the state. We're a big piece of the state and it's a big state. And so we have inspectors and now 10 field offices across the state. And so our goal is one, to make sure you're following the rules. And we try to have best practices and are real transparent as much as, as much as we can with our old technology. I'll get into that in a minute. But um, with what our rules and regulations are and when you're applying, when you're looking at things, we have a pretty vibrant website that we're continuing to improve. But and we want you to have the opportunity to be in compliance. Right. So we go out, we do an inspection. You've got you've got a violation. We want to give you an opportunity to to fix that violation. If you don't, we are then going to come back and fine you, send you to enforcement. And every month we collect between 500000 to a million dollars in penalties a month. Um, and if you don't follow our rules as an oil and gas operator, you could have drilled a $5 million horizontal well. And if you aren't in compliance, we'll shut you down. And that's a lot of money that you, are, that you could have put into under uh, into the ground and then not be able to produce and we do that sometimes 15 to 20 times a year we will shut people down until they come in compliance and take their operating license away so we take it very seriously it's part of the reason we we are around as an agency that being said we also want to work with industry that's the philosophy we have in texas we think industry has a lot of smart ideas a lot of innovation and generally are good operators across the state and want to do the right things. To listen to the full-length interview with the chairwoman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our morning show, Play Hard, Work Hard, and our social media pages. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember... Energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. 
Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard.